I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Everything's for sale. Buyer beware, Isaac Harris. Oh, man. We got Lakers turmoil on one side. We got the Rockets trying to figure out their crap on the other side. This is fun. This is legit fun. Uh, okay, so actually, I want to ask you a different question. Not affiliated with that. Straight Mavericks. I meant to bring this up to you yesterday, and this could be a bigger conversation for a different time, but I don't hear anybody talking about this, and it's kind of a bigger, it's kind of a statement, and I just want to see how you feel about it. When the Mavericks, you're giving me an evil eye right now. (laughs) I'm just very wary of what this question might be. When the Mavericks traded for Kristaps Porzingis, the whole the whole storyline was we got the running mate for Luka Doncic. We got the big man for him. Like this is this is his this is a guy. This is the perfect pairing for Luka and all this stuff. And obviously we didn't see Porzingis on the court and all of that. And this kind of is what led into me writing my piece also about how I think sometimes we forget how Porzingis is, how good he was before he went down. And here's my here's my here's my thing I want to throw out there. I think there's a decent world that Kristaps Porzingis is the best Dallas Maverick next year, better than Luka Doncic. Isaac, is that smoke? I feel like there's smoke on your end of this call. I can I can I'm, I can almost hear I can almost hear how hot the flames are from that take. I just we just can the moment we traded for him, he was Robin. And it was, hey, because he was hurt and everything. And we're talking about a guy that was an all-star. <laughs> I mean, he's already been an all-star. Before Luka he should got have been an all-star because he was voted as an all-star. Very true. Very true. Um, Porzingis is, you know, the, all the stats that we talked about and the piece I wrote about from Mads.com, like Porzingis. he was already proving that he was one of the best players in the entire NBA. I just, I'm just not going to be that shocked, and I just want fans. To, and it, it's more of a testament to just how good Porzingis, you know, was before he went down. That don't view him as just a Robin. Don't view him as just a sidekick to Luca. There is a very, very real possibility that we come out next year and we have a full season of both of those guys, and we're talking about Kristaps Porzingis being the best player of the Dallas Mavericks and not Luka Doncic. And that's not no slight. That's not a slight to Luka at all. It's just. I think I think there are a lot of people that's forgetting how good Porzingis was, and there there is a real possibility that happens. And I just want I just want to throw out there. Nobody, nobody's really like throwing that out, and I just want to toss that out there. You heard it here first. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am I am I crazy for thinking that though? Like is it's is just it it's going to, it's going to be a natural it's going to be a natural hierarchy because Luca's the ball handler. True. I think, and and Luca is already as good as he. We're comparing rookie year Luca to third year Kristaps Porzingis. I feel like that's that's different too. Okay, would you? 
Okay, answer this. Would what would you be more more surprised about next year? Porzingis being an All Star and Luca not, or Luca being an All Star and Porzingis not? What would you be more surprised? Option A or option B? I would be more surprised if Porzingis was an All Star and Luca was not. Okay, and that's why I'm saying if it's flip flopped, well, I would no, not be shocked. Be forward, so it'd be like the same thing because they're they only do front court and back court, so. We don't know what Luke is going to be considered as. That's true. He could be a guard. If yeah, if they get if they literally run him with like two other wings, then they're going to like kind of force him to be a guard. Like Ben Simmons got you know relegated to guard. Yeah, I'm just saying if it's flip flop and Porzingis is an All Star next year and Luca's not, I'm not going to be that shocked, and I don't think fans should be that shocked either because there's a world in which that happens and Porzingis goes back to being the exact player he was or even better than what he was. And it's not was, necessarily saying that Luca is going to be worse than he was this year. Not oh no no not at all not one bit. I mean you look at Clay Thompson. He was an All Star this past year, right? Oh, or was he? No, he yeah, was he. I can't remember. Now he was. Draymond was not. I feel like. Okay, it's just I like think, in those type of situations. Can't keep their stupid All Stars straight. All their stupid All Stars. Ten of them all. The time. Speaking of Clay, I watched the jump earlier. And I seen you know, Clay talking to T Mac and Rachel Nichols, and oh no spoilers! Clay, I have it on my TV right now. Well, just Clay talking <laughs> the transparency of him missing the All NBA, yeah, and him him saying you know it wasn't wasn't really about the money, it was that he wants to have, yeah, and he he just wants to have that. He he really really wanted to make All NBA just to say you know the the prestigious. Uh, title of being a top 15 player in the league that there's only 15 of those spots and all that stuff uh, on a side note Cal Lowry his comment to T-Mac on the jump made me laugh out loud in which they were th- talking about t- Kyle Lowry's thumb injury and Rachel Nichols is like you know what that could affect like your you know your game and how does that affect your game it could affect your passing your point guard you like to pass the ball and Lowry's like yeah yeah and T-Mac literally looks at him and says Bro, that's on your left hand. You can pass the ball without without that thumb. You know, trying to tell Lowry it's not like an excuse. Kyle Lowry looks at him and goes, "Bro, I've never seen you pass the ball." <laughs> and oh uh, man, I don't know how T Mac just kind of like smirked. He didn't like really laugh a lot about it. So I'm like, I wonder if he kind of took it personal. But it was it was hilarious. And then Lowry tried to backtrack on, it. like, "Oh no, no, he's a great passer." But <laughs> you only have to pass with one hand, apparently. If yeah, T Mac. Uh, oh man! So anyway, back, yeah, back to the Porzingis thing. I just don't don't be shocked if Porzingis has maybe a better season than Luca next year because he is that good of a player. Personally, my personal take on it, I think you're too dogged into the numbers, and you're you're mistaking uniqueness because for, I think he's that effect. good. You're you're mistaking uniqueness for effectiveness. Luca was so good this past year. And How he was is Porzingis rookie. not effective? No, no, no. I'm just saying that. Porzingis is unique. Like he's in that category where he blocks shots like these you know, great centers and where he can hit threes like these great shooters. But just because he's he's unique like that doesn't make him, you know, the same level as those players, in my opinion. And Luca was out there and he was doing things that that did put him on the level of, of some of these great players. Ooh, see, I, I don't know. I go opinion. different. It's kinda of, well, yeah, well, I it's kinda of like MB, you know, something like that. I mean Porzingis was the 16th, you know, best score in in the game at the time when he went down. Like it's a uh, on the Knicks. True, on the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, well, if we want to, Luca was scoring. Luca was scoring like 24 points. Luca was scoring like 24 points a game when 
when all his other teammates got traded and they were essentially the Knicks of the West. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I don't think it's a, all I want to say is I just don't, I don't, I don't want everybody to view Porzingis as a Robin, as a, he is just a sidekick to Luca. I think that they are, they could be on that evil playing fi- evil, even playing field and uh, alongside. Yeah, no, not evil playing, not evil playing fields. <laughs> we want it to be on even playing fields for sure. All right, let's uh, today on the podcast. By the way, we're gonna get into that Houston Rockets situation that we mentioned at the, mentioned at the top of the show because uh, it kind of set, man, it kind of sent shockwaves. <laughs> It kind of we'll do it live. It kind of sent shockwaves through the NBA today. Uh, the Houston Rockets kind of hitting the the panic button in a sense. And then we're going to talk about the locked on draft is going on right now, and we love the locked on draft. It's one of our favorite things. And so we'll talk about what's going on with it. The Mavericks obviously don't have a pick, and they only do the first round, so we're kind of not in it. <laughs> but not we're, yet. Uh, we're not yet. We're trying our our, our hardest to get back in it. So uh, yeah. But before we do that, Isaac. Subscribe to the podcast. Are you subscribed to the podcast? How many different ways are you subscribed to the podcast? Because I am, I am on several different. I'm platforms. subscribed. I'm subscribed to the podcast on a, a bunch of different platforms, but none of them, none of them are the same as Himalaya. <laughs> it's the best way to be subscribed to the to the podcast. I'm subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I know I'm on subscribed on Google Play on my, <laughs> I think on my computer. I don't know if I can do it on my phone, but uh, and Himalaya, like Isaac said, is a great way to be. St- to be following and to uh, get the Locked On Mavericks podcast as well as all your normal podcasts. You can even export some of your podcasts. Oh, we went from 69 to 85. Yesterday we were at 69, which was funny, and now we're at 85, which is great. So thank you to everybody that downloaded the Himalaya app and went and subscribed to our show. We are ahead of a bunch of different shows now, but we still want to beat Locked On Celtics. Locked on Celtics is at 123 now. They went from 122 to 123. So download the Himalaya app, subscribe, and follow the Locked on Mavericks podcast. And also, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. If you want to go somewhere, and I'm looking at, I mean, it's summertime. Summer's happening. Some of you are going on summer break. Some of you are, you know, taking a summer trip. Don't hate like your other friends' trips. Book your own with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Isaac. Houston Rockets. Oh, baby. The Houston Rockets are in a... They're kind of in a situation. I'm glad we can both be excited about this this uh, downfall of the Houston Rockets right now because uh, when the turmoil happens with the Lakers, one of us is happy and one of us is sad about it. And so now with this, we can both be happy about it. From Adrian Wojnarowski. Sources and calls to front offices, Houston GM Daryl Morey is showing an aggressive desire to improve roster with all players and picks available in talks. Hard to imagine James Harden scenario, but the rest under contract, perhaps even Chris Paul could be moved in right deal. (laughs) What kind of last (laughs) sentence is that? Could be moved in the right deal? What? No, he had to take the the out, so he just said could be moved in right deal. Okay, yeah, it's going to take a right deal to move Chris Paul. Uh, that's like literally the Wizards coming out and saying, you know what, we're we're looking around the league, but if, if for the right deal, for the right deal, we might let go of John Wall. 
Maybe. Let go. It of just them. depends. It, 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 it depends on what the package would be. I'm like, come on, don't put the right deal. Cause now I will say this. I don't swing all the way to this other side of that. I've seen a lot on Twitter today of saying there's no team in the league that would trade for Chris Paul. Nobody there. I can't find one single team that Two want that teams contract traded for Timothy Mozgov. So don't give yes, me that. So I don't, I don't buy that at all because Chris Paul is a win now type of player. Yeah. You got your dumb contract for sure. I mean, I, I, I take my shots at Chris Paul and his contract and the Rockets and Chris Paul's definitely not one of my favorite players in the league at all, but there are teams across the league that would still trade for him, especially, you know, for hardly anything. And that's where I think you get into, you know, the rocket stuff. I have some close rockets friends and, uh, one of my best friends is, uh, is a, is a rockets fan. And the moment they lost to the warriors, I'm like, bro, you can't bring this back. Like <laughs> there's no way you can run it back. And he was so confident of saying, well, do KD leaves. You know what? We just got, we got to bring the team back. You know, that's just, I'm like, there's no way like Chris Paul Capella has got to go one of them because that's your only value at that point. And, uh, now, I mean, they don't even know what they're going to do with, you know, coaching stuff and uh, front office stuff, their new owners, whatever's going on with that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to really Capella and Chris Paul. And do you reshuffle the deck with a Capella thing or do you dump Chris Paul? I think that's your only question. That's your, that's your question right there. Do you try to find value for, you know, for Clint Capella at a different position or do you just straight up dump Chris Paul? Those are the only two options they have. I think in my opinion, that's their only two options because be, yeah, be, they only have, I mean, they only have what uh, Chris Paul under contract next year, James Harden, Chris Paul making 38 and a half million. James Harden <laughs> making 37.8 million. Clint Capella is making 16 million next year. Eric Gordon making 14 million. PJ Tucker making 8 million. Nene has a player option for 3.8. And then you have non-guarantees for Isaiah Hartenson, Gary Clark, Daniel House is a restricted free agent. Uh, then Chris Chioza, I've never even seen that name in my, in my life. He, he has a non-guaranteed contract. And then Michael Frazier has a non-guaranteed contract. Those are the only contracts on their books or even like potentially on their books next year. So the only guaranteed ones, um, if you think Nene is going to pick up that, that player option, which I do, is Chris yes. Paul, Harden, Capella, Gordon, Tucker and Nene, and there are and they're with those. They're already at like a hundred sixteen million, which is over the cap already because it's going to be a hundred nine million next year. And with a PJ Tucker at eight point three, I mean, you, you know, it's fully guaranteed, and you don't want to get rid of you know, <laughs> you don't want to get rid of no. PJ Tucker. So uh, you got to keep him. So it really comes down to the Eric Gordon situation's interesting because he's going to be an expiring contract next year. Uh, but then, you know, I literally, I think it comes down to Capella and Chris Paul. And first off from a Mavs angle, let's just say, I know nobody's throwing out there, but no on Chris Paul, just stop on that. Nope. Nothing. Okay. Chris Paul making 38 and a half million next year, 41 million the season after that. And then $44.2 million as a player option the season after that. We've talked about the, the Mike Conley contract. This is different than the Mike Conley contract because it is longer. It's a year longer. He's older than Mike Conley. and Mike Conley's better than him right now? Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. He's he's a lot better than Chris Paul right now. And he, I don't know about a lot better, but he is better than Chris Paul right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot better, but he's better, yeah. 
And forty-four million is more than the thirty-something million, thirty-five million, or whatever Mike Conley was making. I mean, that that is a lot. That is a ton, a ton of money. Yeah, for sure. So, like, yeah, Mike Conley is a whole different ball game than Chris Paul. Uh, the Chris Paul thing, like, okay, if I'm the Rockets, first, okay, let's shift to Clint Capella, and now I want to come back to Chris Paul. By the way, for Mike some- Conley only making thirty-four and a half million dollars <laughs> that that same season as as. Uh, Chris Paul is making forty four. Dang. No, no, the season, the season before that. So that forty four is like an extra year. It's wild. It's just that's so much money. Anyway. Okay, I want to shift to Clint Capella and then go back to Chris Paul. For some god awful reason, there are so <laughs> many people on freaking Twitter today to think that Houston's just going to straight up dump Clint Capella. What yeah, are you talking yeah. about? He's twenty four years old. He's just averaged sixteen and twelve. They okay? just signed him to a five year deal. Yes, and it's a favorable deal. Like it's not a you know thirty million dollar deal. Like even in the last year of that deal, he's still making under twenty million dollars. So, and if you're Houston, you have James Harden. You want to win now. You're not gonna like even dumping Clint Capella is not going to like you're okay. So anyway, the Clint Capella thing. A lot of Mavs fans have been throwing out there like, would you just absorb Clint Capella into your cap space? It, Yes, you They're, would. You're not going like Houston's going to get something from for Clint Capella. There are teams across the league that would give them something for Clint Capella. So let's just get that out of everything that it will cost something to get Clint Capella. Uh, now, could they go a route and say because since Capella only makes sixteen million dollars this coming season, like you're not going to even if you dump him, that's not going to give you enough money to go get somebody. So, for instance, let's say they want to, because this is a route that I think they will try to go. And this is what I've been pitching my buddy. I'm like, hey, I really think that y'all want to get into the free agent market to try. They've been connected to Jimmy Butler before with that whole they trade offered the stuff. Four, they offered the four picks to Minnesota for him. Yes. So is there a way for them to clear up enough cap to go get to be players in free agency? That's why I'm saying, could you reshuffle the decks with like Capella or something, or could you dump Chris Paul? So let me just throw like a three team trade or something. Like if they call up Philly and they try to get a kind of like a similar situation like Chris Paul last or not last year, but with the Clippers where Chris Paul had the player option thing. And he's like, Hey, I'll just opt into the player option, you know, for Los Angeles. And then y'all will trade me to Houston and he'll have this like wink, wink underneath the table with Houston of, Hey, I'm going to sign a long-term deal with you because I'm going to sign off on this trade and all that stuff. So that would be illegal. Oh yeah. Illegal. So let's say they try to figure that out with like Philly of saying, Hey, Jimmy wants to come to Houston. Let's do a sign and trade type stuff because you don't want to lose Jimmy for nothing when you traded something away. So if Philly's like, okay, but we don't need Clint Capella because you would have to trade Clint Capella and Eric Gordon. So at that point, you know, Philly doesn't need Clint Capella. So they want to ship Clint Capella off. Could they, could it do some type of three team trade to where Philly gets Eric Gordon, Houston gets Jimmy Butler, and then Clint Capella goes to like a third team. That's where you try you would try to jump in and, and try to get Capella uh, for pennies on the dollar at that point. But it's just Dallas just doesn't have a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract is, you know, nobody wants to really touch that as much right now. And then really when you look at trade packages, the only thing you can like I mean, Brunson's not untouchable, 
I get that, but like a lot of these deals, you're not going to throw Brunson into. So really the best trade package Dallas could create right now, really for anybody it is like the Courtney Lee, Justin Jackson, 37 overall pick. What can that get you? And I just don't think like, that's not going to get you Clint Capella. No. And I, I don't think it does. And the, the reports like Stein said that, that Houston has been calling about Clint Capella and engaging interest on him. I mean, we've talked about this over and over again. GMs and teams call everybody about everybody all the time. I mean, just because, you know, team has talked, they've talked probably about James Harden and, and Daryl Morey probably just laughed at them, but Clint Capella, they have to gauge what they can get. Cause if they can get into maybe a Jimmy Butler sign and trade type of situation, or if they could get, you know, another wing or, or somebody or something else, get, change that asset to become something different that maybe would help them more. Then, yeah. then they have to call about it, but they're not just gonna. They're not just trying to offload him. They may try to offload Chris Paul, though. <laughs> See, that that's the route I would go because Clint Capella. Now, it, okay, well, to finish on the Capella thing, if you're Dallas and you could get Clint Capella for a reasonable price, I think you go do it because sure, what you want at your center position is like the role that Dallas creates for the five spot is exactly what Clint Capella does best. And what he's been doing in Houston would be the same thing he would do in Dallas. Uh, I think there would be a conversation of what is the biggest difference between Capella and Dwight Powell is the, you know, is it where if you pay Powell around, let's just say 10 to 12 million, is it worth paying Clint Capella six to eight more million dollars a year than what you would pay Dwight Powell. Now Dwight Powell's three years older than Capella. Um, Powell would be cheaper. You'd save a little bit more money, but uh, Capella's a little bit better defender, a little bit better shot blocker, and he's much better rebounder. A little bit better. Come on. Okay, well, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> um, I love how you just completely turned completely 180 on the whole Dwight Powell situation. Now he's like, no, well, now I'm he's like to almost pre- as good as Clint Capella. No, I'm trying to present a, a, a side that I could see Mavs fans are saying, hey, okay, is is Capella eight more million dollars better than Dwight Powell? That's yes. the question. Yes. Okay, so that that's the question that Mavs fans figure out. Now, you would say this if you – we've been saying this for a while. If you're a believer <laughs> in Dwight Powell can get an outside shot. Stop. That, that, uh, that would be, so, I'm that's not. the type of, I'm only I only believe that he can get an outside shot in Feb, end of February – March and early April. The playoffs are a different situation. I don't know about that yet because we haven't seen it yet, but I have seen it. He's only a last third of the season three-point shooter. True. That's Yeah, that's why that turned into last year. But he has improved a lot. And the year before that, and the year before that. This is a three-year th- This is a three-year saga we're talking about. We have This is a sample size of three years, Isaac, that we've seen <laughs> him become this insane shooter just the last two months of the season. Um. Yeah. Okay. So Clint Capella, his role in Dallas would, yeah, that theoretically it would be, I think it would be a good fit. And, and it, I like Porzingis playing to four. And it keeps Dwight coming off the bench. You know, we get, you keep that maxi, hopefully. Yes. Maxi Dwight off the bench with Porzingis and, and Capella starting. I, I mean, that, those, those four as your front court players are, that's awesome. Yeah. And especially in, especially in a world in which if there was a trade package that you could, you know, like the only trade package that I threw out there of the fact that like, Hey, Clint Capella, you know, Courtney Lee and Justin Jackson, you know, they equal together. Their salaries right now equal a little bit more than actually what Clint Capella's is. So if you did, you know, were able to pull off a, 
you know, Lee Jackson, 37 for Capella, which like I said, I think Houston gets a better offer than that. Um, because they, you know, they just need, if they're doing that, if they're trading Capella, they want to reshuffle the deck unless it's, they're adding Eric Gordon and other stuff to it to open up cap space for free agent. And, um, so if you could get Capella and still keep all your cap space, then you're looking at a different story because then you could, I mean, if you did that, then you, you still went out shopping and you, you know, that would be a different type of narrative. But if I'm Houston, I, to me, it's all about Chris Paul. And that's where it gets a little interesting for me because I've been joking around with my buddy for like a month now of dude, just send him. To, like I made a joke a while back. I'm like you back before the Lakers had a coach. I was like, all right, this is what they're going to do. They're going to trade for Chris Paul. They're going to sign Carmelo and then hire Wade as the coach. And then it's just the banana boat crew. And they're just going to have fun in LA together. And halfway joking, I kidded my buddy all the time saying, dude, y'all going to straight up trade Chris Paul for Lonzo. And it's just going to be a straight one for one. And now like it's like kind of funny because it like, I've just been literally joking about it. And if it happened, I would, I would actually laugh really hard. I know. But it's that type of situation where the Lakers did strike out and they did pull off something like that. That would be a dumping type of situation to where they'd open up a, a bunch of cap space. Uh, I think another one, I threw this out there to uh, um, a national guy that's connected to the Nuggets. But you know, what if Denver picked up the team option for Paul Millsap, which is $30 million, and just did a one-for-one swap of Chris Paul and Paul Millsap? Interesting. Then Houston would get their their Ford guy that Charks wrote about of like how that they don't have a front court guy that can you know score and it just it that's a really reshuffling deck and if you're Denver it sucks long term financially but you're already kind of your books right now suck anyway and so it's kind of like an all in move for Denver of saying what did what would that look like with Chris Paul and Jokic and then Jamal Murray playing off the ball with Chris Paul or playing together still have Gary Harris would that would they be better next year with Chris Paul instead of Millsap uh no yeah I don't know I'm gonna say they regress anyway but I do think that when they got the farther they got in the playoffs I think having a point guard to be able to just set their offense up and calm them down some would have been handy instead of Jamal Murray but I like Jamal Murray, but true. But still. Paul Millsap did a lot for them. True, defensively, yes. he covers up a lot of the Jokic defensive situations. Is there is there a scenario in which Houston? Uh, we got we got to take a break. We've gone very long. I'm oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. But before we do, thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On Podcast, especially this one. If you are looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and the promo code is NBA. You get 20% off. NBA, 20% off. All right, Isaac. So let's continue with the Houston Rockets situation. But before we do, uh, one more. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6. Grip6 is the ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. It's great for Father's Day. 
Uh, great Father's Day gift. If you want to get your dad something for Grip6, they have a special offer. Go to Grip6.com slash lock. That's lock with an E on the end, L-O-C-K-E. Go to Grip6.com slash lock for a great Father's Day gift. All right, let's keep uh, crapping on the Houston Rockets. So what is what is their big problem? I mean, Chris Paul. That's the one. That's the big thing. Uh, well, yes, I think he's a chemistry problem wherever he goes. So, because there have been the reports of yes. James Harden, Chris Paul arguing about ball movement and things like that coming out, and and I think this is the last summer that you could convince somebody to take him because I think he is. I mean, you are looking at James Harden's prime. And the further you go into this Chris Paul contract, the worse it's going to look. And, you know, I think it like, for instance, I think there is a world in which the Lakers, you know, strike out and everything. And even if it's a one for one swap of him and Lonzo, there's still a lot of people. Majority of people will probably be like, man, the Lakers won that trade. I mean, Chris Paul is definitely better than Lonzo. And you're not going to get you're probably not going to get a Lonzo ball for Chris Paul next summer. No, by the way, James Harden gonna be 30 to the st- at the start of next season so you, i mean you're looking at this is he's he's in his prime right now and he's he's coming to the end of it I mean, what three years and he's 33 and we're like yeah hey, is james harden lost the step is he starting to slow down i mean that that's crazy how the nba works but that's where we are i would also look at um a situation if we're we're just trying to tie Dallas into this somehow if they could take advantage of one of these situations let's say there is a team out there that's saying hey we'll trade for Chris Paul we we would we'll take the chance on Chris Paul but whatever they send to Houston back it, and Houston's viewing it as we want money for free agency like a Jimmy Butler or somebody so whatever that team is sending back, they call Dallas and say, hey, can we work out something to where you can take the returning package for Chris Paul? What would that look like with some teams? Is there anything with, like, for instance, Miami that Miami could say, hey, we'll take the chance on Chris Paul. We'll take him on. Pat Riley and everybody, they want to get back going. Is there a world in which you could pull off a three-team trade in which – Chris Paul goes to Miami and whatever package they could send back goes to Dallas. I love how you said we want to get back going. Yeah. We want to get back. We want to get back going. <laughs> get back going to get back in the playoffs. Um, for like, for instance, like, could just, you, I mean, but that's just, I mean, you're just unilaterally likes just switching contracts at that point. I mean, I don't know how much they could gain from getting like, I don't know. But who, some, who but some of them's like, well, some, of, some, like people saying trying to connect Mike Conley to you know Miami and stuff like which Conley we we already said that he's better than Chris Paul but you know is there a way for Goran Dragic to play into that of kind of like the Chris Paul situation with the Clippers of saying hey if you opt into this deal we could pull a three team trade and you know you have to attach some other contracts to it but if you put you know Chris Paul in Miami Dragic opts into that last year they send him to Dallas. It opens up space in Houston, you know, and then Houston can use that money to sign Jimmy Butler or something like that. What does that look like? You know, like th- there's a lot of moving parts of that. I'm just saying like a framework type of, you know, of deal that would Dragic and James Johnson, you know, or yeah, 
I'm just saying that that's a type of team. I think the Pelicans would be a team that could say, I mean, they're looking for anything to probably try to convince AD. I don't think Chris Paul convinces AD, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you could get pennies on the dollar at that point, because no matter what you think of Chris Paul, he's still going to make your team better at least next season if you want to try to, uh, you know, push for the playoffs. Like at Orlando, something like that, they're not looking for a Chris Paul. You got to find like a fringe team. Man, you know if you know if you're Houston, the dream scenario you, you couldn't convince the Pistons to do that, but would be a Chris Paul for Blake Griffin swap. Because Blake Griffin would be perfect in Houston. They're both like longer term deals, but and Chris Paul theoretically would be fine for Andre Drummond, you know, throwing him lobs and all that stuff. But why do you got to do this to the Pistons fans? No, but yeah, but I'm saying, and that's exactly Blake Griffin's the exact type of player that I think that Houston would would need, and you know, to swap things up with, you know, with their roster and you know James Harden and all that stuff. I think the funniest thing out of all of it would be to send Chris Paul to Cleveland for Kevin Love. <laughs> I would just laugh to see Chris Paul in, in Cleveland at that oh, point. Oh man, but. Colin Sexton, you get to learn under Chris Paul, man. This is your yeah, time. Bro. Have fun with that, homie. This is your time. Okay, so there's no way that the Mavericks can get into this Clint Capella thing. The only... Oh, I used to say Chris Paul. I'm like, Nick, don't do this. The only way that they would get into the Clint Capella thing, in my opinion, is if they are the dumping ground for some other team to be able to, like, okay, we want to offload some contracts. It's like a three-team situation. It's just so complicated, I couldn't even come up with it, but... There's a three-team situation where one team wants to dump a contract, and then the Mavericks are, have the space to be able to say, okay, we'll take the contract and Clint Capella, and then the you know, Rockets get something else from that other team. Yeah. Because a lot of teams, they ask, they're like, okay, when we want to get you know this certain player, we want to have a player and cap relief and all this stuff, and the Mavericks would be, come in and be able to take the cap relief. Yeah, my only danger of that is I just wouldn't want Clint Capella to be the only thing I come out of the summer with. Yeah. Because, like, he's good, but this is going to kind of go into a spoiler alert, our Vucevic, you know, free agent profile. But I don't know how much, um, how much you want to walk away of your summer of saying, man, the center position was my main focus or my main addition. Because I don't know how far that's going to get you when it comes to team building and successful team building. Um, you kind of need to focus on wings and guards at this point. But my thing is if you can get here, I'll just say this. If you could get Clint Clint Capella for free or you get Clint Capella for, um, and keep your cap space somehow, then I say you go do it. I don't paying, paying Clint Capella $16 million isn't the issue for me. Like that's fine. I think he's worth that money and don't, it kind of goes back to the Jimmy Butler thing that we mentioned yesterday. I think people have like a little bit of sour taste of Clint Capella at this point because that last time we saw him on the floor was against uh, Golden State. And, you know, yeah. remember, he wasn't healthy that series. He wasn't really himself. And it's Golden State. And that's like, not a series for him. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a video on Pascal Siakam right now, and I'm like, man, he he they might play him at the five, and that be, might be their, their best chance to try and – and beat the the Warriors, but even he is going to struggle on these guys. I mean, you have you have Steph Curry, one of the just one of the best players in the NBA in NBA history off the dribble, and Clint Capella just got eaten alive by that, which, as you do, 
Yeah. So like, don't don't think about that. He's still a good player, a good young player. So yeah, if you can get him for free, or if you can get him while still keeping your cap space, then I say you go do it. Uh, another thing to throw out there as far as trade packages is if you do a quick scan across the league, there's not a ton of teams, and I'm kind of going against my point earlier about like not having enough to go get him. There's not a ton of teams across the league that really makes sense to go after him and to give something up for him when you just take a, you know, just a quick scan. Like I wouldn't say Boston. I wouldn't, you know, Brooklyn has Jared Allen, you, you know, Chicago has their big guys, Even the their young big cap guys. Space, like Indiana, Indiana and, and Utah, they yes. both have centers. They have their centers. Uh, Denver has Jokic, Pistons, no, Golden State, no. Uh, you know, you just, there's not, it's not like you have, 20 teams across the league that's dying. It's not like he's a wing. Everybody can make room for a wing. Clint Capella has a defined role on a de- at a defined position. So I will say that of saying you're not, I don't think it's going to be a massive bidding war, but I still think if I, if you had to ask me where I think Clint Capella plays basketball next season, I, I lean towards Cleveland because I think that there's a deal and I think that there is a deal to be made between for Kevin Love and the whole Cleveland, Capella, Eric Gordon, all of that. Oh, man. Just to watch Chris Paul just get traded into oblivion. Well, at that point, like, because Clint Capella and Eric Gordon equal $30 million for the most part. So, theoretically, if you just, quote, shed them, then you you could create some cap space to try to, you know, chase some free agents and stuff. So... That's where you used to kind of get into. I would rather, I think in a perfect world, if you could dump Chris Paul and keep Eric Gordon and Clint Capella, I would go that route. The thing is, though, even if they, they get rid of Clint Capella and Eric Gordon, they don't open up Max Slot. <laughs> not a Max Slot. Yeah, you know? not a Max Slot. Even but if they not... got rid of Chris Paul, they don't open a Max Slot because they're already over the, the cap anyway. Even wait, even if they shed Chris Paul, they wouldn't have Max. They're at $116 million. And if they shed $40 million, $38 million next year for 38 and a half million for Chris Paul, which would be the max for a player that's been in the NBA as long as Chris Paul. So you, yes. you can't sign a player like that. You could sign a player to a smaller cap's max. Gonna be, cap's going to be one Oh nine. So one sixteen minus the 38. I mean, you're looking at what you st- that's still looking at like 30 million in cap, right? Or did I do? I know, but right? I know, but 30 million is not enough for, from max. It's well, yeah. It's not that's like that's why. F- that's why when we talked about the Dwight Powell thing, that we we said, okay. but Jimmy Butler's max is like thirty two million dollars. I'm pretty sure. So like you're getting close at that point. It'd be thirty percent of the cap. You could have some. I mean, you could play around with it. You could try to dump Nene at that. You point. You could stretch and, it, but I'm just saying that it, it. This is just the situation that they're in. Even if they got rid of Chris Paul straight up and nothing else, then they yeah. don't have a max slot, which is wild. For sure. For sure. But I think there's a world too that if they did dump Clint Capella and Eric Gordon, and then you know even if you had to you know pay a, give up a first to get off Nene's four million, I think there's still a world that they could pull off a Jimmy Butler or something. Yeah, but then you have then now you have three guys on a huge maxes and Chris yes. Paul, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and PJ Tucker at eight point three and nothing else. I mean, just nothing absolutely else. nothing else. This is even this is even more different than the Warriors situation. Like they wouldn't even have rookies. 
you know. Or you just do what I tweeted out today. Nick and I have joked around. I don't think I did it on the pod. Or Daryl Morey just pushes all of his chips in the table, calls up David Griffin and says, all right, let's talk James Harden for Zion Williamson. <laughs> this is the... That's the thing, man. This is the apocalypse James, situation. James Harden apocalypse and Chris Paul for Zion Williamson and Drew Holiday. If you're Anthony Davis, do you stay for that? For Chris because Paul and James Harden? James Harden and Anthony Davis on the same team? Oof. Chris Paul coming home. Chris Paul goes home to New Orleans. And if you're Houston, it's the ultimate reset button. You get to build around Zion Williamson and you have Drew Holiday you have Eric Gordon, Capella. The thing is, though, we just went over this this, this situation where Chris Paul is deteriorating, and the players around Anthony Davis I besides Drew Holiday are so bad. Stop, 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 stop. If you have James Harden or Anthony Davis, you're immediately title contenders. Immediately. Yeah, you're title, you're title contender, for sure. For the next three to four years, at least. That team is crazy and, to think about. And you're and you're still playing around with some other things, you know, the next few years trying to get some roster sub. I'm not gonna lie, I'm I don't like I would I would hate that for Houston because I I want to be a fan of Zion, but <laughs> Capella, PJ Tucker, or Capella, Zion, Eric Gordon, and Drew Holiday. That's not bad. That's not a bad team. It's not. It's not a bad team. They would be fighting for a playoff spot, probably. Puts Drew back at point guard. Anthony Davis stays in New Orleans with Harden, but PJ Tucker saying, and Zion on the wings is that's pretty funny. <laughs> but Houston doesn't do that because you fight for everything to get an MVP like James Harden. You're not going to give him up, no matter how good Zion is. You're not going to give up somebody like James Harden. So I, I'm, I just have fun with that. That one's dumb. I get it, but it's just fun to talk about. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's the Houston situation. Kind of came up, and we wanted to really talk about it, so we we dove into it. And uh, man, we just hope that it keeps getting worse for Houston. I love it. I love it. Give me all the Houston content of them uh, destroying themselves. I love it. <laughs> Losing against the Warriors team without Kevin Durant really does things to you, I guess. <laughs> I really think that was the worst situation for them. I think if they got swept, that's one thing. But the fact that Durant went down and they still lost like a game and a half without Durant. That makes you that lose just, some sleep. Yes. Because if you get swept with Durant, you literally can't bring back the same team and be like, you know what? They lost Durant, you know, this offseason. We can run it back and it's our you know, it's our conference. But then them without Durant beat you. So now even if you did run it back, you're like, crap, dang, that same team that just put us out, they're back. So yeah, they gotta do something. Yeah. All right, there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.